This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. As a nonprofit leader, you eventually realize you can't do everything yourself, but hiring is complicated. Volunteers have other demands on their time. And what if you only need part-time help anyway? Well, Belay, an innovative staffing solution, has successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. Let Belay help you become a more effective and successful nonprofit leader, making a positive impact in the community by helping you juggle less and accomplish more. Just go to Belay, B-E-L-A-Y, solutions.com slash nonprofit leadership. Early in 2019, there was a new executive order signed requiring colleges and universities that receive federal funds to extend free speech protections to men and women on campus. Now, many people criticized this move as simply unnecessary, while others were relieved that finally an executive order was made to ensure certain voices were not censored or disinvited to speak on college campuses. So is the so-called free speech crisis over at college campuses, or is it still raging? Well, it depends on who you ask. Well, my guest today is the executive director of the Veritas Forum, a nonprofit organization. The goal of the Veritas Forum is to invite students and faculty to ask life's hardest questions. While originally started at Harvard, Veritas has now spread to over 200 college campuses with over 2,000 forums hosted over the years. My guest is Andrew Schumann, and he's going to share how Veritas has been able to engage the whole free speech and open debate on college campuses controversy with a very unique and creative approach. Enjoy today's show. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show today. Now, for my listeners, I think a quick overview of the Veritas Forum would be helpful. So give us a quick background of Veritas. How did it get started? And what is the mission of Veritas? Rob, it's awesome to be here. And so quick thing on, yeah, just background on Veritas. Veritas is a, it's a platform for dialogue on college campuses. And got started at Harvard uh, back in the early 90s when a number of students and chaplains felt like they, they wanted to have an open forum for essentially the big questions of life, questions that matter most to all of us. And I think there was the conviction that, you know, college is an amazing time. It can be an amazing time in people's lives to, to sort of reflect on, you know, what matters most and, and have respectful civil dialogue across, across real differences about, about those questions. And so the first forum was, yeah, in the early nineties and, um, a, you know, packed room. Everybody had a, had a, had a blast before long. The model of kind of biggest, most important questions in life, multiple speakers, conversation across differences in worldview really spread and started to spread uh, to campuses uh, across the country and around the world. Today, there are Veritas forums across the U.S., Europe and Asia, been on about 200 campuses. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the quick, quick snapshot. No, it's always interesting how organizations start. And, and maybe as you look back over the last 29 years now, why do you think these formats have worked so well? I mean, having constructive, respectable debates, you know, about very challenging and controversial topics, it's a real accomplishment, actually. So well done. So my question is, what is your secret sauce? How have you made it work so well? 
I, you know, I think a lot of it is, is, is tapping into what students really want, but a lot of times they're too busy kind of in an average day to like really prioritize. And so I think, I think a lot of the schools we operate on, there is, we will, we did a, a survey actually just a few years ago asking students to rank their number one goal for college. And you might think, Oh, career or whatever. And, and you, know, you wouldn't be crazy for thinking that. But actually what came back was trying to understand what's most meaningful in life, what we, what we found. And so students were, you know, when they really kind of step back and think about what do I really want out of college? It's some sense of direction of kind of where is the North Star for me? Uh, what, what is a, a life worth living? Um, and who do I want to live it with? And so what we do is essentially tap into that hunger, uh, tap into that interest and say, Hey, that doesn't have to be a conversation you just have on, you know, on your dorm floor or sort of occasionally like, you know, 4 a.m. like over, over pizza or whatever. Although you should do that. Um, but what if we had it also in the kind of the center of campus, invite some of the most thoughtful pro- professors on campus around the country to kick that dialogue off and then be open to student questions. And, and the cool thing is I think we found over the years, the appetite for this model really grow. Part of that is, I think, the increased polarization in our country. Uh, people are realizing how much we actually do need to learn the skills of real conversation, debate, dialogue around the tough questions. Um, we need to do that among the, the young generation. College is an amazing time to do that. And so I think, I think kind of those ingredients and every, everything we do, just doing it with the utmost respect, and thoughtfulness uh, is really, really, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's at least close to the secret sauce. Love it. No, well said. That's excellent. Well, you know, there's no doubt we're in the midst of an unprecedented time, both of upheaval regarding race relations with protests, you know, in nearly all major American cities over racial injustice and racial equality, certainly over last summer into the fall. Uh, You know, it's a unique moment in in many ways that we're living in. And how is Veritas responding to this moment? I mean, obviously that you have COVID, of course, as well, but I'm thinking more specifically around racial and social injustice. And then you add to that the layer of the political reality um, that are going on currently. Have you changed your approach or are you adjusting your forms in light of this present moment? So, yes and no. I mean, on one hand, we felt as an organization that, that conversations around race, racial justice, diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and the university are just super, have been and are just super, super important and not understood. And like, you know, dialogue and real understanding around these issues are key. And so it's it's been a, a major channel of our work for, you know, for years now. Having said that, yes, I think, you know, I, and I'm so grateful for it. There is, I, I think, I hope, I pray a, a real awakening going on around how deep these problems are and how much they need to be addressed kind of, you know, front and center in our work. And so for us at Veritas, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we had the amount of forums, number of forums that we've been hosting around topics of sort of race and justice especially has really taken off and it's you know it's 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 the beginning of a much larger body of work we all need to do together but uh it's 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 something we're really we're really excited about 
Okay, so when we talk about you know these really difficult issues, what have you like? This may get down to the brass tacks a bit about how you do this. How do you pick the topics that you cover? How do you kind of manage a crowd when it comes to some of these difficult topics? Um, I think every one of us have seen videos on Facebook or Twitter or on TikTok or even you know of just these little snippets where arguments break out and people. It seems to be, and you would have a better pulse on it than I would, but it seems to be that there's less ability or less openness to having truly open dialogue about really controversial topics. It feels like we're getting a little bit more into our silos where we kind of talk to our own group and we're just talking within, you know, an echo chamber, so to speak, about what we believe and what we think, as opposed to truly having these dialogues across various spectrums. And yet Veritas seems to do that pretty well. And maybe you could speak to that a bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it is getting harder to have these kind of conversations there's sort of no doubt about that. You know, I, I think for us, a lot of the, you know, when we do it well, it's because we've done, it's because we've been faithful to a process around planning these conversations. They don't just kind of pop up sporadically. We, we really think a lot about what that planning team looks like and make sure it is, you know, a diverse team that really represents different on campus, like different organizations. A lot of our forums will be, sponsored by anywhere between five to 25 different campus organizations and entities, all that have different interests, different issues they think are important. Um, but it's really a process of consensus a lot of times around sort of what, what is the topic we're going to take on? And then who are we going to invite to, to sort of kick off that conversation before the more open forum time where it, sort of all questions are, are welcome. And uh, I think some of the, the keys there, one is just we're, we're really you know, diligent about making sure that equal time is given to different perspectives. And so I think, you know, no matter how you're coming in on an issue, you just know you're not going to just predominantly hear one argument. You're going to hear multiple arguments. There's going to be, you know, equal time there. And then, you know, again, a lot of the, the, the planning team ends up becoming something of a community across a difference before the public event. And I think a lot of the flavor and enthusiasm and courage that you see in the forums actually comes out of this community that is formed in that, in that preparatory kind of phase and then afterwards as well. And then I guess, you know, the final thing is people really we're seeing on campus students really want this. I mean, they really want to find a way to have conversations across differences about the things that matter most. And I think we're starting to feel like if we don't figure this out, like it's, it's bad, right? We, we, we have to figure, it's kind of non-negotiable. We have to figure out a way to have these conversations together and to pursue common goals or, or we're, you know, we don't want to live in, in that, in a world where we don't figure it out, right? So I think those things are, are coming together for us. We'll be right back. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. So when you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and discover additional information. Just look for the subscribe button on the right-hand side of the webpage. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show.
as you think about all of these forums over the years, what has changed the most when it comes to today's college campuses? And you kind of just referenced that a little bit, but when it comes to pursuit of healthy and public debate, in your opinion, how is it changing? And again, what are you doing to really address this? Maybe even beyond just your forums, uh, maybe in those side conversations and your interactions with uh, professors and the students that get involved with the Veritas Forum, what are you doing to really champion this idea that free expression and open dialogue and safe conversations are really worthwhile? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And a lot has changed since the nineties. I mean, we are not in the same world at all. And, and we think a lot about this. Um, and I mean, there are a couple big ones. They're just really different. I mean, this gets a lot of, you know, a lot of people talk about this, which is so true. You know, students today, college campuses today are sort of, you know, students are digital natives, right? They, it's, that was not true in the nineties. Today, most content, most information is being absorbed via podcasts like this one, via, you know, YouTube videos, clips, social media. That is kind of the predominant way in which a lot of, you know, people, even socially, as you know, interact. You know, if they have questions about life, it's a lot of times being explored via these digital products online, you know, experiences. And, and, and so we're really, really thoughtful about that. We're really, attentive to the way that social media can kind of cut a lot of different ways. Sometimes it can be used really well. Sometimes it can be used really poorly. Sometimes it can, and a lot of times, you know, there's definitely studies on this, the way it can increase polarization, make these conversations sort of that much harder to have. Echo chambers are that much easier to, to be involved in and to sort of limit yourself to. So, you know, I think the student experience is actually quite different, even just from that perspective. It hasn't taken away, though, the hunger. I mean, it hasn't taken away the desire to ask spiritual questions, ask transcendent questions, deeper questions about life. And and I think actually in some ways 2020, like with just everything that happened, you know, we, we talked to a lot of students early on who described themselves as like on a track. And they're like, you know, I'm on a track. I kind of like thought I had stuff figured out. And then the world sort of exploded. And, you know, I like my assumptions are all being challenged. And so, you know, a lot of students were feeling very disoriented and asking the big questions of life kind of in a new way or with a new sense of urgency. And so we're seeing, you know, we're seeing uh, a lot of that as well. I think all that though is happening within this context of, I mean, the easy way to say it is just more polarization. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it's risky to share your opinions oftentimes. Um, there's sort of this, uh, yeah, it's, it's harder to find sort of where are those safe spaces for dialogue that is a very real, you know, dynamic. It's harder to get sort of underneath the emotion to try to find sort of the common humanity and the common questions that actually guide us. And so I think it is a harder project, um, a more urgent project and a project that needs to be done like also with a real appreciation for how important it is to engage digitally, to create digital products that, sort of raise these questions and encourage these conversations and set a new norm for the way we, we interact with each other. That's really helpful. Now, fascinating to hear what you're doing. And now obviously COVID, we're, we're all experiencing COVID. And my guess would be, be with all the shutdowns, you know, your forums, you've had to go completely online. So maybe talk about that. How have you adjusted your forums to match the COVID world that we're living in? And then do you anticipate going back to live in-person forums, say by the summer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great question. So, uh, you know, March 20 million college students all get sent home. So if one of the main things you do is host uh, large in-person events, that's not good. Um, that means you're, you're changing things pretty quickly. And, 
you know, I think like all of like other nonprofits that were affected by this, most of us, you kind of quickly went back to your mission and you try to remind yourself of sort of what, what is my, you know, what is my vision for success kind of at the end of the day? What am I really trying to do? Let's dial in on that again. And then realize like our playbook and our models, those, those need to change and change rapidly. And so, you know, for us, we were in a relatively fortunate position that a year before hand, we had launched a digital media, media team. We were really invested in creating digital products that would kind of engage students in the big questions of life. And so we were, you know, relatively speaking, re- like more ready to kind of just push full go on that. Um, so all of our, you know, all of our events went, went, went virtual, which I mean, in terms of reaching, reaching folks was actually really great. I mean, we're often in the U.S. on about, you know, in a given year, 80 to 100 campuses. In the first like three weeks of, you know, March, April, we were engaging students across 350, 400 universities. And it was, so it was kind of this exciting moment of being a place where people could ask questions and come and engage content. But yeah, everything, everything had to change. And, you know, having said that, I think we will continue to do a lot of digital stuff. Our podcast has been doing really, really well. We're excited about that. We're going to continue to invest heavily there, just given the digital natives, given the reality of, of students. But we're also excited to go back to person in person. I mean, there's something really special and really grounding in terms of our core humanity and uh, the core existence we have that we often anchor in in our, di- in our dialogues about actually being in person and meeting people we haven't met before, you know, and, and, and having that large group experience that is just really special. So we are also looking forward to when we're back uh, in person on campus and um, actually expect there'll be quite a bit of appetite to do that when, when the time is right. Well, good for you. And uh, well, this is a podcast dedicated to the nonprofit sector, of course. You're a nonprofit organization. Um, and our goal really is to provide tools for nonprofit leaders, uh, specifically nonprofit, you know, EDs, uh, CEOs, uh, board members, volunteers. How are you organized as a nonprofit and what are the biggest challenges facing you specifically as a nonprofit? Yeah, I, I think it's been an interesting year for nonprofits on a lot of fronts. I mean, there's certainly been the, the economic uncertainty that we've had to plan for. There's been the reality that for a lot of us, our core delivery models have been upended. We've had to rethink that. I, you know, I think, I think early on it was, um, you know, I mean, it was, you know, just a, a massive, you know, and a massive amount of kind of like stress to go through as you, as you thought through all those things. The, the blessing in disguise to the big description for us was that it really did allow us to to recenter on our core mission and recenter on the core people we existed to serve, students and faculty, asking the big questions of life and realize, you know, hey, that's what we exist to do. And so, you know, everything's changed or, you know, our delivery models need to change, but how can we do that effectively? Those are still what we're, you know, benchmarking our success against. And so it was, it was actually in a lot of ways a very creative time for our team some of the hard parts were figuring out what to say no to. I mean, I think you had this sort of proliferation of options of how to do, at least for us, it was kind of how to you know, pursue our mission. And so trying to figure out, okay, what are those disciplines we're going to put in place to figure out what best we're going to take in this season, driven by the mission that we've loved and cherished since, since the 90s. So I think that was that, that, that kind of dynamic was a, a piece of it. Another piece was, you know, our, our, our staff, our staff. Rightly so. Many of them relocating close to family. Uh, we attended. We had previously been based in Boston. We're still headquartered here. I'm, I'm in Boston, 
but we really needed to figure out for a mission-driven organization, how, how do you stay mission-focused, stay connected as a team around mission, and creatively <laughs> needing to you know exercise more creativity than you have in the past uh, in a time in which you're kind of dispersed across the country. And you can't all fly together and do a whiteboard session in person where we're used to doing that kind of those creative sessions. And so really needed to find ways early on to invest deeply in the culture of the team and the development of each kind of person on the team and, and, and team culture to be able to, you know, be the kind of organization that, that, that the challenging, you know, that these challenging times needed. So I, I think that was another big, yeah, a big place we, we focused. No, well, very helpful. Again, I, I'm just impressed. You've you've obviously made a lot of adjustments. You're continuing to move forward. I love your focus on digital outreach. And I like your term, digital native. You're exactly right. I think this next generation uh, obviously has grown up that way. I've got kids. I mean, that's they don't know anything but that. And for good or for bad, it, it is what it is. And I'm glad that you've mentioned that because we've had many people on the show before talking about uh, the importance of nonprofits making sure they're really maximizing the digital platforms that they have because that's always an issue. And I think for particularly nonprofits that maybe have been around a long time that have uh, maybe got stuck in some ways that used to work, you know, even five years ago, but if they're not really using uh, digital platforms uh, to its maximum impact, they're really missing out. And particularly now, I mean, COVID kind of forced all of us online. Um, but I think even before that, obviously that was where the next generation millennials were finding their information uh, and it will continue to be that case. So anyway, it's a fascinating conversation. My guest again today is Andrew Schumann, executive director of the Veritas Forum. If my listeners want to learn more about you or what you're doing or about the Veritas Forum, how can they find out more about you and the organization itself? Yes. Well, uh, so there's a bunch of ways to do it. We, you know, we would love for people to you know, chime into our content. Veritas.org is a great place to go. YouTube channel, Instagram, podcast. Uh, if you search the Veritas forum, a lot of a lot of different stuff will come up. So would love, yeah, would love to have anyone join the community. Well, Andrew, thank you again for being on the show and sharing your insights. And uh, I'm excited to see how Veritas continues to grow in the midst of this crazy COVID world we're living in. Rob, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is non nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.